Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 333, holy number in threes, 333. This is Elijah Fire, episode 333. Today is Friday, November 10th, 2023. Um, I'm excited. I'm always excited to have this guest on. She's a good friend, and uh, we just hang out, we chill, and we we jam, and it's always, always good. So also, if you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow Elijah Fire Podcast there. Um, give us an honest review, one out of five stars, and we'll call it good. Deal? Deal. Uh, and if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or any other podcast platform, you can also rate us there. You can follow us there if it gives you an option. That really helps us out. Speaking of helping us out and others out, um, anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, that keeps this free. It keeps it afloat and it allows us to keep doing this. And, um, you know, guys, we got a lot of really cool stuff on the horizon um, just as far as Elijah Fire is concerned, more on that in a second. Um, but we also take a portion of every donation and we put it into our Waterwell efforts. And we've partnered with Show Mercy International and uh, they're movers and shakers. And um, guys, they've expanded so much this year because of your guys' donations. So we're going to play a quick video and then we're going to get going with today's episode. Jaja Zaina and her great grandchildren have gone their entire lives without clean water. They spend their days collecting dirty, unsafe water. They have been praying for a miracle, and that prayer has been answered. Because of your generosity, a water well has been drilled near Jaja Zaina's home. Would you join us in providing clean water to the people of Uganda? Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. <laughs> All right. So uh, for those of you who did not see yesterday's episode, the uh, Elijah Fire is hiring. What? Elijah Fire is hiring. Yes, we are. And we're hiring for a new editor position. And I'm very excited about it because it's been a long time coming. Uh, We've had a lot of cool ideas over the last two years and we keep going. Hey, that's an awesome idea. We need to put a pin in it because we need more people to to actually successfully do that and not burn ourselves out. So Uh, The day has come to hire somebody and actually roll out a lot of these other really cool ideas we have. So let's get into it. This is a full-time position, full-time in a fast-paced and dynamic working environment, 35 to 40 hours per week, online work-from-home position from anywhere in the Pacific, Mountain, Alaskan, or Hawaiian time zones. So Pacific and Mountain time are preferable, but not mandatory. And the reason why is because... um, we do a lot of stuff and sometimes, and especially with another person, this may become a, more of a reality, doing stuff outside of our normal working hours. And so when you're on the Pacific 
um, Pacific or Central, it just really stretches you out too far. And we don't want to do that. Um, we're trying really hard to be sensitive to people's normal work times because we want you to have a life outside of work. Uh, it's really important. So um, Jesus is more important than work, everybody, um, even if you work for a ministry. So um, yeah, so those, I'm sorry to all the the Central and Eastern time zone people. I know there's a lot of great people over there. Uh, but for this job specifically, we need them to be in the Pacific Mountain, Alaskan, or Hawaiian time zones. Applicants must be proficient in both Premiere Pro and After Effects editing software. Applicants should be tech savvy, well organized, have great communication skills, must work well in a team and individually, and be willing to learn various other applications as the need arises. And I actually want to point out um, the Premiere Pro After Effects. Premiere Pro is an absolute must. After Effects, um, if you're not an absolute whiz. Don't worry about it. Um, don't let that hinder you. If this is something that you really are interested in, by all means, please apply. But it would really help to have that After Effects experience as well. Uh, must be able to learn to use our live streaming software, which is StreamYard, and be willing to uh, be uh, and will be ch uh, in charge of engineering daily live streams, preparing content to show during the live streams, and scheduling live streams across various social media platforms. Send work samples uh, samples along with a resume to ElijahStreams.com/careers, and you'll see the Elijah Fire editor position listed right there. So, guys, we're super excited about this. Um, a lot of what we're going to be doing is we really want to spice up our reels and our clips. And if you guys have ever seen the daily wire specifically like the comment section with Brett Cooper, they throw in a lot of memes and stuff like that. And a lot of quick jump cuts and stuff. And so we really want to spice them up. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, uh, illumination was joking and saying, tell them that it's a prerequisite that, um, that you have to like star Wars. <laughs> I mean, it would help. It really would. Um, so yeah. But guys, I can't wait to hear from you. I'm super excited about this position. It's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to bringing someone else onto our team. Um, we have a lot of fun here. Uh, and we're looking forward to having even more fun with a third person added to the team. So uh, ElijahStreams.com slash careers or click the link in the description right there. Um, all right. Without any further ado, my guest today, for those who don't know, she's a content creator. She is a prayer warrior. She is a ball of passion and uh, fiery passion. And I absolutely love her. Uh, she's also the author of Hope in 60 Seconds. Without any further ado, let's get it for our guest today, Christina Baker. Christina Baker. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Good. I'm, I'm revved up. Me I'm too. Revved, yeah, I'm revved up. Me I too. Have, I have coffee. We're good to go. Me too. I got my coffee here. Oh, yeah. We're all oh, ready yeah. to go. Yeah. All right, Christina. Um, what are we talking about today? Yes. We're going to talk about the fear of the Lord, which is not something that is, you know, we love talking about miracles. You know, Jeff, I'm a hope, hope person. I love talking about the the supernatural and the love of God and the but but there is there is such a beauty in the fear of the Lord, and I really believe that this is a kind of like a Cairo's time for us to just unpack what the fear of the Lord is from the eyes of the Lord and how He sees it. Mm -hmm. 
you know, for some of us that maybe grew up without a father or had an abusive father, which are many of us, um, it's not an uncommon thing nowadays to hear, you know, I didn't grow up with a father or my father abused me, et cetera. Then right. you can have this perspective of the fear of the Lord being something that, oh my gosh, I'm scared. I want to run. But in fact, the fear of the Lord from a biblical sense from, from the Bible is that the fear of the Lord actually causes you to run to him. And so, uh, really really making that difference and helping all of us just understand what, what is the Bible from beginning to end talks about the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just see this and it's not just an old Testament thing because we see in the old Testament um, in Proverbs nine ten it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. But and that's coming Acts, from a guy. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but like, that's ahead. coming from a guy who was, unrivaled in godly wisdom given to him by God. Yes. And from that place said, you want to get wise, fear the Lord. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, beautiful. Well, let's, yeah. let's just, let's just pray right now real yeah. quick. Yeah. Yeah. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your people today. We thank you for everybody that's listening now and we'll listen later and we'll mm -hmm. listen in a year and we'll listen in five years. We thank you for the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And I pray that, that, that you would cause the fear of the Lord, Lord, that you would mark all of us with an understanding biblically of what it means to walk in reverential fear of you, that you are a perfect God, that you are a loving God, and that you are one that, God, we don't have to run from, but that we run to. And so, Father, I just pray right now a blessing over your people. I pray for a tangible anointing over your people as they listen, as they listen to the words that we speak. Lord, Jeff and I, we step to the side. We always say that, Lord. We just step to the side and we say, you speak, Holy Ghost. You say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. And I pray today, Lord, that conviction of righteousness will co would come upon us all. And we just thank you right now for every person listening in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Okay. So, so I cut, I cut you off and you said in Proverbs, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think you said, and then in Acts, and I cut you off. Yes. Well, okay. uh, well, we never, it's always just adding to. So that was, I love what you shared about that, Jeff, just the man who made this declaration, the man who said this was a man who, who didn't ask God for riches. He didn't ask him for power. He didn't ask him that must've moved the heart of God so greatly but he asked him for wisdom. And then he makes that declaration that the mm -hmm. fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in Acts 9 and 31, and I, you know, it's not a contrast because the Bible is just, everything in the Bible is, is systematically put together. So what God said then is still the same in the New Testament That's and right. today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. So we see what he says in the Old Testament uh, always mirrors what's being said in the New Testament, but right. uh, in the New Testament, Acts 9 and 31 says that the people lived in the fear of the Lord with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit and grew in numbers. So people, people were walking in the power of God and in the fear of the Lord. And this was multiplying the church at that moment in history should tell us something about 
uh, what happens when we walk in reverential fear of God. And I just wrote this down. I want for those of you that that are kind of like, you know, how do you define the fear of the Lord? I, I just wrote this down. The fear of the Lord is a radical God centeredness that shapes every decision, every part of our lives, and that we're building our life around God. You take him seriously because he is God. You protect your relationship with him at all costs, no matter what the opinions of people, no matter what or who it costs you, because he's your treasure. And so about a week or two ago, I was on a walk with Ryan and the Lord just dropped this into my spirit, just the, the fear of the Lord because of things that we're seeing right now in our culture, mm -hmm. that we're seeing within the body of Christ. And I was asking the Lord questions about God, why is it? We've seen this throughout history. This isn't something new, but why is it that we can see people begin with a passionate fire, zeal, true love for the Lord? And then all of a sudden, something happens. They fall, what we call a fall from grace. Mm -hmm. They fall in their ministries, ministries that completely change the earth. Uh, Ryan and I have, have, and you as well, Jeff, we've a lot of people listening right now have, have seen the rise and fall of ministries that have, has greatly grieved the body of Christ. Because, you know, if we're a body, if your toes hurting, we're, we're all, it's the same in the body of Christ. We're all going to feel it. We're going to grieve. We grieve right. when another brother or sister is grieving. We rejoice when another brother or sister is rejoicing. It's grieving to see when a minister or a man or woman of God falls and falls really, really hard. So I've just been asking the Lord these questions. And I want to refer back to something John Bevere, he stated of a man, I'm not going to mention a name here, but John Bevere went to um, visit a man in prison. And you can read about this in his book, The Awe of God. And he he talks about how he visited this uh, man in prison who was all over the papers at the time in the 80s and just pioneered pioneered great things in the body of Christ and changed um, the church as a whole in a very good way. Um, and he asked, so he ends up in jail and he asked him, you know, so-and-so, when, when did you quit loving Jesus? And he said, John, I never quit loving Jesus. Hmm. I lost my fear of the Lord. Wow. Let me tell you that that statement made me tremble. And it should make all of us tremble that someone, it's not, there is a difference. You see, I love Jesus with all of my heart because of what he's done for me. But not all of us are only one step away from our greatest level of debauchery. Every single one of us. Yeah. So what is the one thing that can protect us? What is the one thing? And, and you know, this can be answered multifaceted and in so many different ways, but but I just heard the Lord say to me a couple of weeks ago, the fear of the Lord is your protection. And one thing the scriptures say that, that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. There's protection there. And the other, the other part about this is, is that when we properly understand a, a, the biblical sense of fearing God, what it causes us to do is draw near to him rather than run from him. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God really wants to return the fear of the Lord back to the church. We're actually seeing this happening right now where revivals are breaking out. Repentance is happening. People are turning 
turning from turning from the world, turning from sin and turning to God. I'll tell you a story. I was sharing this with Hillroy last night. I shared this with you as well, Jeff. When I when I came, and who's Hillroy? Tell people who's Hillroy. Hillroy I think he's watching too. Oh, uh, Hillroy, he's watching. Yes, Hillroy is the man that led me to the Lord. Yeah, come on. And he boldly uh, declared and just came and preached the gospel to me at the moment that I was going to take my life. And he said to me, "This is a matter of life or death." And I believe that that's the very first time that I experienced the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And I'll tell you that when I initially came. To Jesus, I actually had a fear. I was like, whoa, I'm going to die and I'm going to go to hell. I, I had this knowing that mm. I, that if I died where I was, when I was there, that I was going to, I was going to go to hell. And that did something to me. It gripped me because I didn't know God. I didn't know who Jesus was. So something gripped me and God will use that, but that's not the fear of God. However, it was initially something I was like, oh, wow, I actually understood as, as when the gospel was presented to me for the first time that I needed restitution. I needed atonement for my sin. I recognized for the first time I am a sinner and, and somebody has to pay a price for this. And somebody did. I just didn't know that. So Hilroy, I was, I was telling Hilroy this, I was like, you know, I, I, for the very first time I feared what would happen to me after I died, if I died in my sin. So God used that. Now, once again, I want to clarify that the fear of the Lord is not the fear of hell. And even though we've seen that preached before and it's been used as a tactic to get people using a fear tactic to, to come to God isn't going to call, isn't going to bring longevity in the life of believers. But in fact, the fear of the Lord is. You know, I was thinking about this in the world, treasure is money is considered treasure, but the yeah. scriptures tell us that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so when we see money being moved in banks, uh, you see them in those armored vehicles or there are those armored vans where they put the money and they protect it. You've got officers going in and out of these banks, taking the money in and out, protecting it at all costs. And I believe this is what the Lord spoke to me is that in the same way that we see money being moved in this world is in the same way that we have to protect our relationship with the Lord. And mm. it stems from, from the fear of the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. That he's a holy reverent God, but he's also a God that loves that he is, that he is Yahweh, the all caps Lord, the, the name of God, right? That's his name, Yahweh. The covenant-keeping God as Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God that He's bound to us in love. But in the same in the same sentence, He is He is a perfect God, and 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 there's a reverence that I believe the Lord is bringing is is coming back to the church that we're going to look at Him for who He is, and we'll be yeah. like Isaiah declared in Isaiah six and five. Um, woe, woe is me! I just want to read this to you because. Um, every time I read this scripture, it just, it, uh, it just does something to me. And it reminds me of, of, of who I am, who he is and his, his great love for me. It says, I am a man of unclean lips. 
Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And, and having a, he, he goes on to say that he stands, you know, in the midst of people with unclean lips, but that his eyes had seen the Lord God, the Lord strong and mighty. And there's this just parallel of like, when you see God for who he really is, you begin to have a, you don't try to solve your sin within your own strength, but you look to him for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the fear of the Lord is your treasure. The fear of the Lord is the thing that just like they protect your, they protect the money in these armored vehicles. It's the same way we have to protect our intimacy with God. Yeah. The more we grow in the fear of the Lord, the more we're going to grow in intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. It's it's directly connected. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like the fear of the Lord is like the recognition, um, the recognition that God could have wiped us out and he chose not to, he chose to save us, you know, and, uh, and we do see, you know, the flood and, you know, he obviously said he wouldn't do that again. Uh, but, um, especially when you're faced with the reality of your sin and you know that the wages of sin is death and that Amen. he chose to spare you because he's holy and he's good and he's just, um, man. And one of the, I, I find that I gravitate towards the parables or stories that involve, I guess, what you wouldn't call them necessarily righteous people, but God or Jesus specifically identifies their faith. Um, like the centurion is one of my favorite moments in, in the gospels, uh, yes. the faith of the centurion um, and uh, commends his faith and, and just that level of anyways. But one that I keep going back to is actually the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector mm. um, and this posture that the, the tax collector takes before God and that Jesus actually says, who's the, I'll read it in a second. Cause it's not yes, long, please do. but, um, you know, cause you were talking about that, um, John Bevere talking to that guy in prison and saying like, when did you stop loving God? He's like, I never stopped. I, I lost the fear of the Lord. And I think that, um, the solution, the solution is actually really simple in how to not lose the fear of the Lord. However, there's a lot of nuance in paths that you could take wrong decisions, losing that posture of humility before the Lord um, that can open you up to pride, getting in the way to taking things uh, for granted, um, you know, because the gift of God are without repentance. And I think that that can be disarming to people if they're not, if they don't maintain the fear of the Lord, because then they go, I can do whatever, you know, and this is why we can, this is why we see, uh, healing ministers and things like that, where they end up uh, evangelists, you know, whoever it is performing miracles, God, you know, still operating in their meetings, but secretly they're like, they're, they're, they're steeped in adultery, steeped in substance abuse, um, you know, all kinds of different things. Okay. So I want to read it really quick. So this is in Luke chapter 18. This is okay. verses nine through 14. So it says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. 
The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, Mm -hmm. robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other one, went home justified before God. For all of those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I just, I mean, it's a, paints a really profound picture of heart posture before the Lord. You know, and that's why Paul even said, and I'm sure some of you guys maybe even have said in the comments or saying to yourself, like, he called himself the chief of sinners. The end of his life, he called himself the chief of sinners. Fully recognizing that he was redeemed, fully recognizing that he is a new creation, but recognizing that without Jesus, he is absolutely doomed. And I think that the more we walk in our, we we continue in our walks with the Lord, the more that reality becomes more concrete for us. So, wow. You know, um, the scripture that you read should cause us to tremble on the inside because of how easy it could be for us to quickly so take a position of pride and judgment when we do all of the right things. Mm-hmm. And I I believe the fruits of the spirit are, it's not, I believe the scriptures tell us the fruits of the spirit are very different from works yeah. because you have works has nothing to do with fruit. And Jesus, we, we see clearly when Jesus is marking this difference of you can look holy. You can do the miracles. You can prophesy. You can cast out devils. You can do all these amazing things. And I, one of the, for me, one of the scriptures that causes me to tremble most in all of the scriptures is when Jesus says, and on that day, I will say, he will say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. And, and this person is saying, Lord, Lord. So they believe that they were saved. So they're like, Lord, Lord, or at least considered themselves saved. Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils in your name. I, I was, you know, they worked miracles in your name. It, that to me causes it, it. It's a trembling moment for me when I read that scripture, when I meditate on that, when I think about that. Yeah. Because your works, our works have nothing to do with the fruit. We cannot look at ministries and men and women of God and put them on pedestals. Um, and I think that that we've all made that mistake of this is why the grief comes when someone falls, yeah. not just because we're part of the body of Christ. We, the grief comes because it's like, well, I don't know. It's You said something very powerfully today, Jeff, um, how sobering it is to see when you see that happen, the reality of it is, is that it can happen to all of us. Right. Yeah. And if not the fear of the Lord protecting each and every one of us, I say this often, we're all one step away from our greatest uh, moment of debauchery. For some, it's gambling. For others, it's substance abuse. For other people, it may be lying or porn or cheating Mm -hmm. or stealing, whatever it is. Everybody has a bent. Yeah. The, the apostle Paul said the, he had a thorn in his side and we don't know theologians believe different things, but whatever it was kept him humble mm-hmm. and whatever that thing was kept him in a place where he declared, you know, Hey, my grace 
No, or the Lord says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. He was kept in a place of humility. So I'm, my prayer is, God, keep us in this place of humility that we recognize our, our need of you that keeps us in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, that you are a holy God, you're a loving God, but he, he is also a God who isn't just going to overlook he isn't going to overlook sin. And that's where repentance comes in. That's the beauty of our relationship with yeah. him is that every day, day and night, second to second, uh, we can come, Lord, forgive me for that. And I, I, I want to encourage for those of you that are listening, maybe you're thinking about things that you've done today or have done yesterday. You're struggling with habitual sin. The, the, the gift God has given of that he's given us through repentance is that in that moment when you have that thought, because Jesus, some people think, wow, the old Testament was just so intense. In fact, no, Jesus took it like a million layers deeper. He said that if you, if you even look at a woman in it with lust, you've already committed the act. Yeah. We didn't see that in the old Testament. It was very yeah. different. Yeah. Jesus went 10 layers deep. Yeah, he, he went up to the, the ante. Posture. Say that again. He upped the ante. He upped the ante. He yeah. went to the posture of our heart, that our hearts, that the meditations of our heart matter, that the things that we look at, the things that we listen to, the people we spend our time, all these things matter. So yeah. I said earlier, walking in the fear of the Lord causes you to make these decisions. Everything is centered around your relationship with him because you're just, you protect it at all costs. You're in it. It's, yeah. it's like, Hey, Hey, this is nothing personal against you or personal against a ministry or personal against a family member. This is, this is real personal because he means everything to me. And I have to protect my relationship as my greatest treasure. Everywhere I travel around, it's like an armored vehicle. Like I have something special. And it's my relationship with him. And I never want to live without him again. Because when no. you've lived without Jesus and you come to know him, you never want to live without him ever again. Yeah. So you don't want to hinder. You don't allow any person or anything to hinder that connection. So I just so protect that. So um, um, forgive me for getting a little intense about that. No, get intense, um, Christina. <laughs> but I, but I, have, I have lived without him. And yeah. I, I remember what it felt like to to walk alone in this world and not know that that there was help and not know that there was somebody that loved me. I grew up grew up without a father. I I didn't have uh, someone walking with me in life and letting me know that, that, that things are going to be all right. But when I found him, it's like I took a hold of his leg and I'm like I'm not letting go of you. Mm. I'm not letting yeah. go. And and for those of you that are struggling today with something, maybe I wanted to get back to that habitual sin. Repentance is your, is your gift. God's given you right now. You can just say, Jesus, forgive me for that. And you might fall again and again and again. I want to tell you that I was sharing with Jeff earlier. You know, I was smoking blunts for those of you that don't know what that is. It's smoking, smoking weed and doing smoking drugs. The marijuana. Yes. Smoking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'd explain that uh, the yeah. other day. Yeah. Well, what's a blunt? Well, smoking okay. a blunt. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> And I was, I was, giving away your testimony there. What's yeah. that? No, no, no. no. I actually have never, actually, <laughs> not Jeff. I've Jeff actually never smoked weed. I actually haven't. So yeah. Giving away my testimony. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I need to add that in there, guys. Yeah. Jeff is, Jeff has walked with the Lord. We, we, we all wish. Yeah. Anyways, I, yeah. I, your testimony is the one I want from my son, but yeah, I'm um, getting it. Yeah. looks like you're getting but, it. But, but I was, 
saved. And I was preaching the guy had one Bible and my Bible in my uh, left arm at work and Hillroy's actually on. I can see him in the comments here, but I had Hillroy can attest that I had my, my Bible in my left arm and I go out for my smoke break and I was preaching the gospel and then conviction came. Hmm. And so I began to struggle, you know, for those of you that are struggling with habitual sin, I want to say to you, keep struggling keep struggling because struggle is a sign that you still feel. Yeah, I was going to say the minute you're and not. I, yeah. I praise God. And, and we all need to take that moment to say this to the Lord. If you are struggling with porn, if you are struggling with addiction, if you're struggling with smoking cigarettes, smoking weed, whatever that thing may be to you that, you know, God is like, Hey, I want to, this needs to go from your life. Mm -hmm. The struggle and the feeling of the struggle is a sign that you still feel your heart is not calloused. Mm -hmm. because when you don't feel anymore is when the issue comes in. Yeah. Come when on. you think that this is okay and you're okay with what you once knew to be wrong. Yeah. Then you have, for those that are struggling, I want to continue. I want to exhort and encourage you to continue to struggle through that. You're going to mm. fall, but you're going to get back up again. You're going to ask God yeah. to re for forgiveness. You're going to repent. Now this is, I, and I'm coming to you from the context of biblical grace, not grace, to just do things because God's so good. And he's just, he's not, he's okay with your yeah. sin. That's not where I'm coming from. I'm yeah. coming from a place of there is grace that where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. Right. And God wants, God wants to walk with you through the struggle. Yeah. And there's Christine, grace in your struggle. Can you do me a favor and, and pray? Um, I just, I really feel like, um, I feel like there are some people who feel very calloused towards some of that habitual sin and they need they need that godly sorrow that just hits at the core of who you are, like when you do sin. Um, and so would you mind just praying for those people? Absolutely. And I, I have been there many times. Yeah. So I just want to tell you all that I, I pray with, with great, with faith from my yeah. own life and my experiences where I've seen God pull me out of the struggle and, and, and heal my heart and heal my life. So father, right where you are, you can lift your hands. If there's something in your life that you're like, God, I need you to pull this thorn out of my heart. In fact, some of you, I'm just getting this sense that you have even felt numb because you don't know you've tried over and over and over again to eradicate this sin, even within your own strength, you've called on the Lord and nothing has happened, but Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we call on your name because yes, your word declares that you are near to the brokenhearted and you save those who are crushed in spirit. Yeah. And so, Lord, right now, we pray that you would uh, remove the strongholds, shatter every fortress of addiction, uh, Father, habitual patterns of sin. Father, any sexual sin and sins of, uh, Father, any lying or uh, things that are keeping them from coming boldly before your throne of grace that you said we could come with God, that attitude. Father, I ask you right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to heal every heart. Yes. Father, I thank you for delivering your people right now, even through this screen. I pray that they would sense your tangible presence that you would eradicate sin and eradicate anger, Lord, and eradicate rage. I'm just kind of getting that sense of that. Some of you um, have struggled with rage and there's been just something on the inside of you 
that you're just like, God, I need you to take this away from me. And if that's you, I want you to put your hand on your heart, whatever that thing may be. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to remove that now. So, Lord, we just thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by your spirit, spirit of the living God. We ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you would come and touch your people, that you would remove the sin that enslaves them and deliver their hearts today, God. Deliver their bodies for those that are even experiencing sickness as a result of it, Lord. I thank you for the healing power of Jehovah Rapha just coming over them in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you right now, Father, for a revelation of your love. Because your word says that love covers a multitude of sin. Right now, Lord, you're just covering sin. The power of your love, the power of your blood, Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you for the power of forgiveness through the cross. And we thank you for touching your people, even right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Christina. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I mean, I really felt like you needed to pray that. Um, so thank you. Just really felt like the Lord was, I, I saw there was, because this can happen at times where the scriptures say that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when we are living in a place where there's habitual sin, it can bring sickness to your heart. And it causes you to lose hope because you're like, God, I've been asking you to break this thing. I've been asking you to, to remove the sin from my life. I don't want to live like this anymore. And the enemy will bring condemnation, mm -hmm. but, but, but you have a loving God that wants to not only remove because first John one and nine says that if you confess your sin, that, that he is faithful, that God is faithful and just to forgive you and watch this. This is the second part of it. Not just forgive you, but to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's a lot right. of times when we confess our sins, we'll experience healing in our bodies. We repent of something and maybe you had healing and we, you know, my husband and I, we've sat in, in, uh, with different people and they're, they're experiencing deliverance. And sometimes you can ask a person, you know, where are you experiencing pain in your body? And that pain will sometimes move in different parts of the body because there's, there's a need of com for confession. So for those of you that, that uh, took that moment with the Lord, we just set our faith in agreement that God is, has forgiven you and has cleansed you of whatever that habitual thing is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, something that, uh, you know, you and I were on the phone this morning and um, I described, I described following the Lord kind of like, because we were talking about Kat Von D and, you know, she's opened up about how she's been um, shamed by people within the church. And, and she was really surprised about that. Um, and uh, people demanding, I think, I think that the hard part is that we, we as in not everybody, obviously, but I'm just taking the church collectively. The church can look at someone who's very much so in process yes months old in christianity if that and we immediately put it through our filter of say you've been you've been following the lord for two decades three decades four decades five decades and beyond and you immediately apply 
the refinement that's taken place in you onto them as if that's where they need to be right now. Um, and so I, I describe it kind of like bumper ball. If anybody's, if anybody's played, um, you know, bumper bowling where you put up the little bumpers and you like hit the bowling ball and it's like boom, 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 boom. And it bounces. I said, it'd be like, if you took, you took the bumpers and you kind of tapered them. So right by the pins, it was really narrow. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And if you throw that ball at one of the sides, people can see it's like it'll wow. go boom and then it goes through. And so that's the end of your life. That's the beginning of your life in the Lord. And so often people over here or here, look at people right there and they go, why don't you look like this? And I think us as the church really need to give grace to people because the great thing about following the Lord is it's almost like you get put in this, this bubble of grace. And it doesn't mean that's licensed to sin. Paul is very clear about this because he says where we're sin abounds, grace abounds all, uh, all the more. He goes, so what then? Shall we sin because, you know, grace abounds? And he said, by no means, you are those who have died to sin. Okay, so that's our reality. That's home base. But there is a, there is a grace there. And when you step out of that and you start, you start forcing things out of your own will, you start forcing things out of your flesh, that's when you're getting in trouble. Wow. That's when pride comes in. That's when the fear of the Lord becomes absent. But posturing yourself in humility before the Lord, all of us can attest to this process, you guys, of going, oops, I shouldn't have done that. Okay, Lord, I repent. Oops, I shouldn't have done that. Okay, I repent. Oops, I should have done that. And, and if you notice, the bouncing back when you get closer to the end is a lot quicker. And that's just the reality. Um, and, um, and so I just think that like, man, like that's, that's our posture. And yeah, sin is, is horrible repent. If you've sinned, repent. But the second you step outside of that and you go, no, I'm going to force this in my own ability. I'm good. Cause you're like sin. And if you're starting to feed desires of your flesh and you go, Oh, well, nothing happened at my minute, my ministry time or my, my, my meeting, everything still worked fine. And it's like, it can even be a subconscious thing at that level, but eventually it becomes a willful rebellion. It becomes a willful desire to sin. Um, because you're like, oh, I'm still, I'm still, hmm. everything's still okay. Um, cause it, again, the gifts are still going to operate and yeah, God can obviously lift his, his favor off of something. But, um, I think too, what, what's important, like you're talking about with Jesus upping the ante is that Jesus was saying that like, Hey, uh, if you committed, if you committed like adultery in your head, like you've committed adultery, if you've held a lustful thought in your head, you've committed adultery upping the ante for a culture that was very all about the exterior, all about the showmanship of doing, wow. showing, doing, look, I'm fasting. Look, I'm doing this. Look how much I'm giving all this stuff. And we see this all throughout the gospels. And Jesus is acknowledging that he's addressing that. And he's, he's, and then he's turning it inward to their heart. And he's just said, that's what he called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. He's like, you're dead inside on the outside. You look all polished on the inside. You're dead. And so I think that that's also another re reality for that for us is because it's very comparable to where we're at now in society. It really is. I was thinking that whether you're in the church or whether you're outside of the church, <laughs> it's all about what are the agendas you support, how what your your physical appearance, 
um, you know, like all these different exterior things, but inward you're dead, you know? And so, I mean, it's very comparable to what, what we're going through right now, what Jesus was talking about. Which, you know, I want to, I want to say that regarding, regarding things that are happening and that we're seeing in the church right now and in the body of Christ, The, the scriptures tell us that he chastises those who he loves mm-hmm. and his judgments are his mercies. And I, we have just, we've received a lot of, let's just say mail and phone calls and just conversations about things that have recently been going on, but they've really over the last three years, we've been seeing this thing increase of yeah. um, exposure and leaders and ministries uh, taking what, you know, we call falls, but I want to say, thank God for exposure and thank God for him revealing what's behind the curtain, not just um, for the person, because that gives that person an opportunity to repent. If, if, if what is being said is true, Yeah. because above all else, what's, what's important is our our relationship with God being restored and the and this is another thing you know allow for God to deal with you privately these exposures that we see i believe that prior to them God was attempting to deal with men and women privately because that's what his desire is yeah to, the Bible says, let a man examine himself. Yeah. And so the fear of the Lord and will drive you to intimacy. And in intimacy, you can address those things with God. We're like, the Lord's like, hey, there's just something over here that, you know, this has got to go. Yeah. And when you allow for God to deal with those things privately, um, I heard somebody say this this week. Would you rather, if you had a, a huge ladder, you know, let's say a 2000 foot ladder on a house, would you rather fall from a thousand, 2000 feet or would you rather fall on the second step? I know the answer to that question from, from me, I was like, wow. I mean, anybody would say I'd rather fall on the second step. If God's addressing things in your life right now, if God is, you know, and we feel that nudge, you know, this has got to go. I don't want you to watch that show anymore mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't want, I want you to put this to the side. I don't want you to have that individual in your life anymore. I need you to leave that relationship. Yeah. I need you to, to put away that thing. Good. Let God deal with you privately. Yeah. And so that, that's something that has, uh, so that, that has just been on my heart as yeah. I've been pondering these things, Jeff, of things that we've been seeing more and more around us is, uh, just allowing the fear of the Lord will will open the door for the Lord to deal with us privately. If there's things mm. in our life where like this has got to go, let Him just nudge you. We don't need yeah. megaphones in our life. Yeah, honestly, and I I loved that quote. I was going to ask you to you know because we were talking earlier. You you said that quote to me. And I wrote it down. I was like, that's really good. But um, just that reality of like, would you rather fall in the two thousand step or the second step? And um, taking that posture before the Lord, humility of allowing him to deal with you, allow, allow him to deal with you now. Um, and look, I'll be honest, when you get when, when you get to a, another level or 
um, God uh, levels you up, however you want to call it, um, and you know you have more exposure or whatever. That just that process is going to reveal more to you about the condition, wow. things you couldn't see until a brighter light, if you want to use that analogy, was shining. Um, and it's just it's just the reality. Um, you know, uh, it could be fear of man. It could be pride. You know, it could be, uh, you know, you could see a glory hound nature within you. You could see, um, you know, yeah. And in, in, yeah, inferiority complex, you could see all kinds of things that get revealed when you get. So again, this is a process and, and it's important. Like Seeing that stuff is not evident that, uh, you misheard God or, or you didn't seize an opportunity. It's actually a testament to that God's revealing more to you as wow. those things get, get presented wow. to you. Um, it's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. And let me just say this, and this is, it all, it all ties in together because there's something about looking at Jesus that, that just releases the spirit of the fear of the Lord in us. Mm -hmm. When you look at him, and when I say you look at him for you, for some, and baby, you're just in, you're in prayer and you see, you see the face of Jesus. Uh, when we open the word of God, we see the face of Jesus because the Bible does that. We see his face from Genesis to revelation and it reveals it. it, it you just can't have one or the other really. Like you read the word and, it, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord yeah. is present as you re read, read the word. But what I want to say is that with everything that's happening, and this is not something new with uh, things taking place in ministry and people, uh, people are going to let you down. But when you look at, we have to be very care careful to not look at people, other people as a result of what people have done with eyes of suspicion and judgment. Hmm. Um, because oftentimes and this is something that just really struck me this week that I heard was oftentimes the judgment, the things that we see in others are things that God actually wants to deal with us, uh, within us ourselves. So um, I, I say this to all of you with, with fear and trembling that, you know, if we see things happening in the body of Christ, let's just, let's also make sure that, that, that our hearts are also uh, postured in a way that that what they've done, maybe we won't do the same thing, but we're very capable of doing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I see things happening and I'm like, well, Lord, protect my eyes from judgment because I love, I, when I read the scripture that you read earlier, somebody in the chat had posted, they said, every time I hear that scripture, I, I cry and I, I know teary eyed when I was, I was like, me too. I felt that. <laughs> You know why it is? That's the spirit of the fear of the Lord, because mm. we can be that man. Mm. We can be that man. Or we can be like the man that beats his chest and says, I am, I am but a sinner. Have mercy on me. And so, so what man are we going to choose to be? Are, gonna be? are we going to be the one that walks in humility and asks the Lord, for the spirit of the fear of the Lord to fully encompass us? Or are we going to be the one that looks at people in condemnation? Love that graph. I really need a picture of that when you get the chance. Cause I, I think that's really helpful in understanding that, you know, you might walk into my, into my life on page 35, but God sees 
God sees me on page 555. And so he sees my journey. Thank God that there were people like Hilroy and uh, Bridget. These were women, women and another lady named Roz that were in my life. And that there's like no judgment. They loved me to life, but yet we're bold enough. I remember one time Hilroy coming up to me and going, you can't be a drug addict and continue to preach the gospel like this. This has got to go. And so he's like, you got to go on a fast. I'm like, what's a fast? And so I learned the power of fasting. Some of you, some of you that are listening right now, God's been leading you to go on a fast because the, the Bible talks about the fast, a biblical fast, breaking the bonds of wickedness off of our life. And so that's a story for another day, but, but, but let God work those things out of you. Continue to struggle, continue yeah. to, to have that, you know, the enemy loves seeing sent people struggling with sin so that he can come in and put condemnation on them. But when you know that there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ, you understand that there's a grace that's been provided to you to overcome that sin, even if you fall again and again and again. So I just want to encourage those. You're on your journey. We're all on a journey. We've all got a thorn. We've all got things that God has has allowed in our life to keep us humble, to keep us at the foot of the cross. And I shared this with you. We need to be, I believe the life of a believer, of all believers is being on the cross, being all in the altar or being in the fire and mm-hmm. learning how to joy, have joy in the midst of it. I yeah. think you shared about this uh, before, Jeff, you, we, you were talking. I don't even know if we ever talked about this live. I know we talked about it on uh, voice notes with Ryan and with Lauren, but, uh-huh. but I will tell y'all one day, one day, you know, we can, I can share a little bit more extensively in this, but the Lord, I, I was in prayer and the Lord put his crown of thorns on, on my head. And I was like wondering, I was like, is this biblical? Because that crown of thorn, you know, he's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. Lord said to me, I want you to share in the fellowship of my sufferings. And I went oh, yeah. into one of the probably one of the hardest, darkest seasons of my life hmm. shortly after that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I thank God for that season. I thank the Lord for that season. But what he taught me was um, sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings is learning to have joy despite of. And when we walk in the fear of the Lord and in intimacy with him, um, there's a joy that comes from that, that we can't get from this world or anything that this world has to offer. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage some of y'all that are going through a season that you just don't know how you're going to make it through on the other side. You don't know how to have joy in the suffering. Well, the scriptures say that for the joy that was set before him, he endured what he endured at the cross. Mm. So I want to say, set his face before you. Yeah. Set what he's done and the price that he's paid for you through through his precious blood before you. And there's something about it when you just start thinking about the crucifixion and what Jesus went through, that it's just like a bomb that covers your heart, even through the pain, even through the suffering, even through the lack. That You're just like, you learn what Paul meant. But Paul's like, well, I learned how to be content with little or with much. And you've just got this joy on the inside of you that will be your strength. And mm-hmm. I want to pray that over some of y'all that right now that are walking through yeah. a season where you just need strength. And, and one of the seven of the spirits of God is the spirit of might. 
So I pray that today for your people. Father, I pray for strength over your people, for those that are weary. We thank you today that you said in Isaiah, Lord, that those that wait upon the Lord will renew mm -hmm. their strength. They will mount up on right. wings like eagles. They will yeah. run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Father, we ask you today that you would wrap your arms around your people that have been weary, and we ask you for a second wind. Yes, Lord. Lord, we pray for the tenacity that can only come from you, from walking in the fear of the Lord, to rise up within your people. God, that they would lay aside every form of sin, habitual sin, or anything that enslaves them, God. And I thank you that in this hour, right now, Father, they fix their eyes on you, that they would fix their eyes on Jesus, the one who is pierced for us. God, I pray that for those that are discouraged, God, that, that hope deferred is set in to their hearts, depression, anxiety, set in, Lord, it's taken root in their heart. We ask right now for you, God, to uproot uproot every single root of depression and hopelessness in the mighty name of Jesus. And I ask for the spirit of the fear of the Lord to come upon us all, Lord. Mm -hmm. That truly, Lord, the more we grow in it, the closer we, we come to you, the more we know your heart. That we want to be like Paul. Oh, that I would know you in the power of your resurrection that is your spirit, your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Lord, today I ask for those experiencing condemnation, we declare your word. We pull the sword of your word out this afternoon, Lord. And we just ask right now, Lord, that your people will just take the sword of your word, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good. Some of you need to know that you are in him today. That you are in his heart. That you are hidden in his presence. And there's no devil in hell that can take what God has given to you. Mm. So rise up, men and women of God. I just want to say that over each of you. Rise up and may the spirit of strength, spirit of might come upon you mightily right now. In Jesus' mighty name. That's right. Amen. Mm, amen. Another uh, scripture that I absolutely love is Psalm 1611, which says in his presence is fullness of joy. Um, I, I just love it. I love it. Yeah. And the joy of the Lord will be your strength. It's mm -hmm. all, it's all connected. Presence, it's all connected. It's like yeah. in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And then you get the joy and then you get the strength because you're going to need the strength to maneuver through the, through the seasons. To maneuver yeah. through the seasons when you're on the altar or when you're in the fire or when you're when you're on the cross and you just feel like you're being crucified. But this is our walk. We talked about this earlier, Jeff, is that this is a part of our walk and we yeah. we get to, I mean, through that season, which we could talk about another time, but through that season, the Lord really dismantled uh theology of when you're walking in the in the in the will of God that you're supposed to be everything's supposed to be perfect and God is thank God he's purifying the bride in this hour of this uh belief system that when you follow God that everything that it's supposed to be unicorns rainbows and roses and everything's just supposed to be perfect with when in fact many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers us from them all mm. 
come on yeah man so good so good um all right christina well um let people know how they can follow you yeah yeah christina baker on facebook i would say this christina with no h um yes. I'm on uh, ChristinaBaker.com for any of you that need to reach out for prayer. Um, and I'm on Instagram as it's Christina Baker and TikTok, Christina Baker. And then how can people get Hope in 60 Seconds, the book? Yes. Yeah. It's um, on Amazon, anywhere, really anywhere books are sold. Hope in yeah. 60 Seconds, Encountering the God of the Impossible. Awesome. Thanks, well, John. I mean, I know, Christina, that people were super blessed by today's episode. I was. Me too. Thank uh, you. Man. Yeah, super good. So everybody have a blessed weekend and um, tune in on Monday. We've actually got filmmaker Darren Wilson here uh, who's done like Finger yeah. of God. And his most recent one is The God Man. That was like he said yesterday. So I was like, Darren Wilson said yes to us. <laughs> so, yes. So, so I'll be I'm, watching. Yeah. So I'm super stoked about that, you guys. It's, yeah, Illumination said I freaked out. So that's going to be great. <laughs> that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, for those of you who missed out on the announcement at the beginning, Elijah Fire is hiring. There's a link in the description to that. You can also watch my intro and see the spiel there. You can also visit ElijahStreams.com slash careers, and you'll see the Elijah Fire editor slash live stream engineer position there. Um, and we love to hear from you guys. So we love you guys and we'll see you at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time on Monday with Darren Wilson. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 